hey, what a privilege it is to stand up here. I do not take it for granted at all. So thank you, um, Pastor Monty, for allowing me the privilege to stand behind your pulpit or on your platform, I should say. Uh, it is definitely an honor. Um, I am married to the senior pastor, and I'm also on staff here as the connections pastor, which pretty much means I connect to about every part of this church, and I count it an honor and a privilege, and uh, I'm excited every morning when I wake up at the prospect of serving alongside you and being part of this fellowship. It's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. So last week we were in Caldwell. And um, as, as often happens to me, I pray about what God wants to say to the people that I love, wherever I am. And so um, during the worship time, I was seeking the Lord for his heart because I knew I was going to have an opportunity to share with the Caldwell campus peeps. And um, the Lord laid on my heart that scripture in Joel chapter 2 where he talks about, um, he prophesies and he says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. And uh, I, I just basically said to the Caldwell campus, that means you. Because in Acts chapter 2, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the upper room, Peter starts preaching, and he says, this is that that was prophesied by Joel in the Old Testament. What was he talking about? He was talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the upper room. In other words, that experience where God showed up, and he baptized them all in the Holy Spirit, and they spoke with other tongues. And many of the languages that they were speaking were understood by the men and women around them, they could see and hear what had just happened to those early believers. And I was thinking about all that, and I was praying about all of that. And Monday morning, as is our custom, we were having coffee in our spa, and I said to my husband, I believe that the Lord is speaking to me and that I have a word for our congregation. Would you allow me to assume the platform this Sunday and share it. Because what God was speaking to me is what I'm here to do today, and that was to, to let you know that I feel like a lot of people don't fully know the person of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to talk to you about him today. It's a very personal story for me. Um, I also feel like there's a lot of us that just need to be reminded I will tell you, during my study this week and as I've prayed, I was myself who have known the Lord all my life, and to me that's the best testimony anybody could have, and I, I don't know why I get to have that testimony, but I do. From my earliest memory, I remember God's hand being upon me and feeling his presence. There's nothing like that. I pray that over your youngsters, your young people, and your children, because it's it's quite a life that I've lived. But I got reacquainted with the Holy Spirit myself this week. And so it's been an amazing week for me. This is very personal for me because the Holy Spirit has been my friend for a long time. A really long time. 
And uh, I had a precious young lady um, that I mentor. She texted me this week, and she was very impacted by Pastor Jordan's sermon last week, as many of you have reported to me. He's quite a preacher, isn't he? So proud of our son. Um, But she said, can you say the prayer and be born again more than once? And I understood exactly what she meant because for all of my life, um, my early life, I prayed the sinner's prayer every night. Um, I didn't have a good understanding of the assurance of salvation. And um, so I'm a passionate person. (laughs) And so I would find myself kicking my brother in the shins for really no good reason. (laughs) Or lying to my grandma because I didn't want her to tell the whole, I didn't want to tell her the whole truth. And before I could go to sleep at night, I would, I would suffer tremendous emotional pain because I knew I had sinned before God. I can't tell you how I knew that except the person of the Holy Spirit. And so I prayed the sinner's prayer every night for 10 years. And then um, my mom and I went to a church. My sister had a new babysitter, and this woman was uh, an unusually vibrant Christian. And so, quite honestly, we were going to check her out to make sure she wasn't a crackpot. And uh, we found ourselves in a charismatic church. How many of you were going to a charismatic church during the charismatic renewal of the late 70s? It was quite a time, let me tell you. And so we found ourselves in that church, had a Baptist and Nazarene background, and um, it was wild. People were talking out loud to God. They were raising their hands, and no one had a gun on them. And um, they were speaking in other languages that I didn't understand, and I thought, what in the world is going on here? So with wild-eyed wonder and fire in my heart, I knew at that moment that whatever they had, I must have. I want that for you today. Because what happened to me was amazing and remarkable and life-altering. My mom and I went to the pastor and I said, what is this? And he said, it's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I said, I want it. I always wanted more of God. And so we went to his home um, together on, on a Monday night. I'll never forget it. And he laid hands on me, and I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I started speaking with other tongues, and my life changed forever. I became bold in my witness. I started carrying my Bible to high school. That is not a way to get a date. <laughs> Who cares? If somebody won't date you, if you're carrying your Bible, he's not the right guy, ladies. That's not who you want. You want somebody else that's carrying their Bible too, right? So the Lord revolutionized my young life. Called me into the ministry. Gave me a passion for him that I didn't see in other people. Caused me to start praying for my mate who was not saved at the time. Yes, me and the Holy Spirit take a little credit for his life being spared until he 
found the Lord at age 21. By then I was 19, and I'd been praying for my mate for five years. Pretty incredible story, right? And so as I was recalling all of that, my heart for you was burning because I want you to know the person of the Holy Spirit in the very same way because I know what it will mean to you. So if you don't mind, I'm going to put my teacher hat on and take you through the scriptures this morning. Jesus himself, the expert on all things God, don't you agree? Said himself in John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17 and verse 26. Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, capital A, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. Let's not let that be said of us, church. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. But when the Father sends the Advocate, capital A, as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Pretty exciting. That word advocate is paraclete in the Greek. And it's simply the Greek, Greek word transferred into English. The translation of the word is comforter. In the Gospel of John, it appears four times. And then in the, the epistle of John, it, it, it appears once. That word paraclete signifies called to one side. One of the things that my husband said yesterday um, that was so powerful to both families that we were ministering to. By the way, these beautiful flowers that were too tall for some of you to see me. Yes, I'm a shorty. Um, are from the bouquets from Chrissy's celebration of life. I wanted them on the platform with me today. But one of the things he said was, why does the Lord so often whisper? Why does the Holy Spirit so often whisper? Because he's close. Jesus was talking about the person of the Holy Spirit, and he said there will be that advocate that is close enough to whisper everything that I want revealed to you. So he's the comforter. He calls us to his side. The general meaning is a legal advocate or an attorney or counsel for defense, an intercessor, a helper. Do you not see how much we need him? I don't know about you, but sometimes I need a strong defense against the wiles of the devil. Sometimes he'll just attack me and hit me with a double-fisted punch. Does that ever happen to you? And sometimes he uses people to do it. Most of them are, are um, unwitting in what they're doing. But the enemy will try to get at me any way he wants to. And any way he can. Do you know why? Because I'm a threat to the kingdom of God. So are you. So are you. And so I need an advocate. I sometimes need an attorney. You know um, when I need an advocate sometimes is the voice that's inside my head that says, you're never going to be enough. 
You're always going to be walking in disobedience. You're never going to be the woman of God that, that you're, you feel called to be. And I need the Holy Spirit to rise up in me and say, that's not what the word of God says. That's not who God says I am. You be silenced and get behind me. You get under my feet. I need an advocate, and so do you. So let's talk about the Holy Spirit. Who is he? First of all, he always was and always will be. He didn't just show up on the scene after the resurrection of Christ. He was at creation. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 says, The earth was out without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit, capital S, of God was hovering over the face of the waters. He was there in creation. He was there at the baptism of Jesus. We see all three persons of the Godhead there. God the Father is speaking to Jesus, and the Spirit descended. John chapter 1, verses 32 and 33 say, And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit, capital S, descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he sent me to baptize with water, said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit, capital S, descending and remaining on him, is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. He is with us now. John chapter 16, verses 5 through 8 says, but now I am going away. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, Now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. They didn't understand what we oftentimes don't understand. That Jesus was sending someone to us. He goes on to say, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. And then Jesus, at the very end, says to his disciples, again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He's with us now, and he will be there at the end of the age. Revelation chapter 22, verses 16 through 18 says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you the message for the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright and morning star. Oh, yes, he is. And he says, the spirit, capital S, and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. And I solemnly declare to you that everyone that hears the words of this prophecy written in this book, if anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. Can I just tell you something about that book? It's the word of God. No one can detract from it and no one can add to it. And I don't care what you hear on the news or from um, modern day churches. The word of God always was and always will be true. And so can you hear what the spirit is saying to the church in this hour? 
Are you ready to rise up with him and say, come quickly, Lord Jesus? He will be with us until the end and after the end. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is the fulfillment of God's promise to us. He promised the Holy Spirit to us. Jesus, before he ascended, where he sits now, at the right hand of God the Father, whoever lives to make intercession for you, Jesus is praying for you right now. Do you realize that? The title of my message is Never Alone. Can I just tell you something? None of us are ever alone. Ever, ever, ever alone. Jesus is praying for us. The Father is loving us, and the Holy Spirit is living inside of us. So he ascended where he sits now at the right hand of the Father, and he instructed his disciples to go back to Jerusalem and wait for the Father's promise, the Holy Spirit. This is found in Luke chapter 24, verses 49 through 51. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Then Jesus led them to Bethany, and lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. Let's be very, very clear. Jesus ascended and said, go to Jerusalem. There's something that's going to happen to you. The fulfillment of the promise of the Father. This was not accidental. This was always in the heart of God. This was the progression he intended was that Jesus would sacrifice his life, be resurrected, ascend, and then the promise of the Father was coming to all who would believe afterwards. Never doubt that this is for you, because it is. The Holy Spirit is the one that reassures us that we belong to God. I love what Ephesians chapter 1 says. And because of what Christ did, All you others, too, who heard the good news about how to be saved and trusted Christ were marked as belonging to Christ by the Holy Spirit, who long ago had been promised to all of us Christians. His presence within us is God's guarantee that he will really give us all he has promised. I guess what I want to say to you right now, in case you're wondering, well, I'm a Christian. I thought the Holy Spirit lived in me. I thought I had all of the Holy Spirit that I was ever going to get. That is true. The gauntlet I want to throw down to you is, does the Holy Spirit have all of you that he was meant to get? It's not a question of whether we have the Holy Spirit or not. It's, does the Holy Spirit have us? My heart aches. Every day, I get to minister to people, and I love it. I get to love people back to life. But my heart aches at the lack of victory sometimes we're not walking in. The powerlessness that we feel in our faith and in our prayer life. And I just want to make you aware that there might be something you're missing out on that you're not even aware of yet. And that's that the Father God has promised the Holy Spirit to all who would believe. He did not leave you out. You're part of his promise. The Holy Spirit is the same everywhere at all times. 
One of the things that stuns me about the modern church is that somehow we place more emphasis on one thing than we do another. While I am absolutely thrilled to death and out of my mind that Rhoda is with us today because I know that she experienced a miracle. I love the miracles of healing. I love it when I hear that people are being healed of cancer. I've witnessed um, a, a guy being healed of AIDS. I love the miracles of healing and the supernatural, and I'm looking for more. I don't know about you. I'm hoping that we can rid the world of cancer by the power of God. But can I just tell you something? We place a lot of priority on that. And yet week after week, tens and dozens of souls can come into the kingdom of God. And we don't recognize what a miracle that is. Because healing to my body is temporary. This is a tent. It's not going to last forever. It's not eternal. But a changed life a soul that is now saved, a person that is now written in the Lamb's book of life, that's the greatest miracle that could ever take place. And so when we hear about people coming into the kingdom and their lives being changed, that's the cause for rejoicing. The scripture tells us that that is when there's a party in heaven. So yes, I want to see more dynamism in the um, supernatural. I want us to rise up and be those people that Jesus said we'd be, that will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We'll speak to demons and they'll flee. We'll even be able to raise the dead. But I'm telling you right now, until we become more acquainted with the person of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit, we'll not walk in that. So what I'm talking to you about today is of the utmost importance. Another thing that we've done in the modern church that I don't think was intentional is that we've separated or spread apart experiences in God. It was never God's intention for you to just be saved. It's the greatest thing. It's the best thing. It guarantees um, eternal life. But if you go throughout the New Testament, which we're about to do, they experienced salvation, water baptism, and sometimes spirit baptism all at the same time. One of the favorite things that's happened to me that I've witnessed in the last several months and maybe even this year was out uh, at the park when we were baptizing people in Lake Lowell a couple weeks ago. And a young man... Um, named Antonio, this was sovereign, guys. A young man named Antonio, after the water baptisms, when my husband was freezing and his lips were blue and he was looking for a towel, bad wife, bad wife moment, um, this young man was, there was still people down by the lake and he was like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And he almost literally ran up to my husband and he said, I'm not a Christian, I'm not anything, but I need you to baptize me. And my husband said, well, we need to just back it up a little bit. You probably need to experience salvation, and then we can get about to water baptizing you. And I thought, wow, that is so biblical. He got saved. He got baptized. 
And it would have been really cool if he'd have been baptized in the Holy Spirit right then and there as well. But we separate those experiences, and I don't know that they were meant to be separated in the Word of God. So give me a moment, and I'll try to prove it to you in Scripture. In Acts 1.5, it says, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's a separate experience, but meant for all who are saved. So listen, Acts 1.8 says, But you, will sh- you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Acts 2.33 says, Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the pr- Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that you can see and something that you can hear. Acts 2.38 says, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord will call. How many of you have been called by the Lord? Everybody. And if you haven't, I'm going to give you an opportunity in about five minutes. It's for all of us. Acts 8.15 says, Who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. These people were already saved. Acts 9.17 says, Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on um, him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul later reported in the book to the church at Corinth that he spoke in tongues more than all of them. Acts 10.47 says, Can anyone for- forbid water that these people should be not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit as we have? It doesn't matter the order. Saved, filled with the Spirit, water baptized, saved, water baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter, but all of it is for you. All of it is for you. Finally, Acts 10.47, or 10.9, excuse me, Acts 19.2. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much heard as whether there is a Holy Spirit. And if you go on to read, it talks about how they laid hands on them and they spoke with other tongues. The last thing I want to mention about the Holy Spirit is that he is powerful and gives us power. The gift of tongues is the initial evidence. But listen, it's not the only evidence. It's the initial evidence. Why would God do that? Why would God do something so supernatural that he would use my vocal cords to speak in a language that is unknown to me? For several reasons. But the main one is so that I know for sure that he's living in me because I can't produce that on my own. But let me go on to say this, Christians who have had that experience. If there's not accompanying fruit of the Holy Spirit, and if you're not operating in other spiritual gifts, you need to seek God. Because Paul said that though I speak of the, uh, with the tongues of men and angels, if I have not love, it profits me nothing. So many times our focus is on 
um, speaking in tongues or operating in other spiritual gifts, and we're hateful to our brothers and sisters. That not ought to be. If we have the Holy Spirit inside us, we're supposed to have faith, love, peace, gentleness, long-suffering, forbearance with one another, forgiving one another, and bearing one another's burdens and so fulfilling the law of Christ. All those things should be in evidence too, amen? And so while tongues is the initial evidence, it's not all you get. Until this life is over, the Lord wants to reveal more and more and more of himself, and he wants to form Christ in you. You'll have power for witnessing and sharing your testimony. We already read that scripture, that you'll sh- you shall receive power to be my witnesses. What God gives us is never meant for us alone. While we're on the earth, we're on mission. It'll expand your aptitude to receive and understand truth. John 16 says, I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. Yet, when that one I have spoken to you about comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you into everything that is true. For he will not be speaking of his own accord, but exactly as he hears. And he will inform you about what is to come. Listen. Once I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, the word of, of God came alive to me. I understood things I had not understood before. I want that to get you excited. He'll expand your knowledge of truth because that's his job. He'll also expand your prayer and worship life. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27 says, And in the same way, by your faith, The Holy Spirit helps us with our daily problems and in our praying. For we don't even know what we should pray for, nor how to pray as we should. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with such feeling that it cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows, of course, what the Spirit is saying. As he pleads for us in harmony with God's own will. Listen, when I pray in tongues, I know one thing for certain. I'm praying the will of God for me and for you, whoever I'm praying for. That's powerful. Sometimes I don't know what to pray. Do you? Sometimes I face situations in, the, in my own life or in the lives of other people that are unconscionable to me. How do I pray for a family who lost a beautiful 36-year-old the same year, the same uh, Uh, age as my daughter, how do I pray for that mother without the power of the Holy Spirit? He's so good. You see, I can overlook my whole entire life and see him at work as I studied God's word, as I worshiped, as I've parented, as I've nannied, as I've pastored. I have literally never been alone. There's a song that I can't listen to without weeping, and I thought I'd share the words to you. It's a song called You're Not Alone by Meredith Andrews, and it says, I searched for love when the night came and it closed in. I was alone, but you found me where I was hiding. And now 
I'll never, ever be the same. It was the sweetest voice that called my name saying, you're not alone for I am here. Let me wipe away your every fear, my love. I've never left your side. I have seen you through the darkest night and I'm the one who's loved you all your life. All your life. It's that Holy Spirit. Won't you know him today? Won't you get better acquainted with him? Won't you allow